calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Holy crap! Happy New Year! It's 2019. Welcome to it. What a way for us to kick off 2019, Scoobies. We have a live episode from London coming right up after I stop yapping. The episode is about Faith and Buffy. Plus, today is also the day that we release our prom tickets in New York City for sale. So like, it's almost too much. I I understand if you like need to hit pause, take it, you know, inhale, exhale. Uh, I could walk us through a meditation right now, but I'm not going to do that. You do that on your own time. <laughs> um, so let's talk about prom first. If you missed it, we're throwing a prom again this year. And this time it's happening at the Ace Hotel in New York City on March 9th, of course, in the year 2019. All of the details can be found by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom, and tickets will go up for sale at 9 a.m. Eastern Time today, January 9th. Now, here's a few more details about prom, okay? We're doing two things differently this year. First, we're selling a limited amount of combo tickets that will also cover you for a brunch with Jenny and I on the morning of March 10th. That's also happening at the Ace Hotel. You can grab one of those combo tickets while they last, and that will also cover the cost of your breakfast and coffee and tea and all that good stuff. Uh, and we will, of course, sit down and unpack how the evening went, how hard everyone prommed, etc. It's going to be very fun. Second, tickets to prom are $75 this year, and they come with a complimentary drink ticket. Now, we know that not everyone can afford a $75 ticket, so we've held back a section of tickets to donate to those who do not have the funds to cover the cost. If you can cover the cost on someone else's behalf, so either you're going to prom and you have an extra $75 to spare, or you live somewhere else and you want to donate a ticket, there is a ticket option to donate a ticket to somebody else. As those donated tickets come in, we will release them to those of you who apply for a donated ticket. If you're someone who wants to apply for that covered ticket, you can find the link to that form at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom. Please know that depending on interest and donated ticket counts, we won't be able to guarantee tickets to all of our applicants, but we will do our best to get as many of you in as we can. We are so excited about prom in New York City. Okay, you know I'm excited when I sing. 
Another thing we're really excited about, but I'm going to save you for more of my singing, is that in just 10 days, we're going to be in Seattle at PodCon. Uh, if you're coming out to see us at PodCon, we cannot wait. And heads up, we will be doing a live taping of Who Are You, which of course is the second part of this to-be-continued episode. That means you get two live episodes back-to-back, and all of them are full of faith and Buffy. 2019 is off to a fucking banner start. That's right. I cursed in the intro. You can't stop me. Man. It's exciting. Okay, Seattle, one more thing for you. We are doing a meetup at Mopop uh, on January 21st. That is a Monday at 11 a.m. At 11 a.m., we're going to head into the museum. We're going to see Mr. Pointy, the actual Mr. Pointy, who lives inside of Mopop, uh, as well as the other amazing exhibits they have going on at Mopop. And then at noon, we're going to convene in the lounge space at the museum to hang out for another hour. There's no cost to meet us at the lounge, so if you don't have the funds and or the time to meet us at 11 for the museum, you can also just come and meet us at noon. If you are coming to the museum, get there a little early to grab your tickets and check out the event page for a special secret discount code for your admission. All the details are, of course, up on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on calendar, go to the 21st, click on that event, and you can get all of those details. Okay, friends, it is time for... So Mia from Brighton sent me this spooky news. I love when you send me spooky news. So please, if you find any news and it is of the spooky variety, email it to bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Okay? So the title of this article from The Independent is uh, Vampire Killing Ritual Could Explain Prehistoric Skeletons Found in Yorkshire. Now, I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but you can Google that if you want to read the whole thing. But basically, two super bizarre prehistoric human burials uh, were found in Yorkshire. Excavations near the town of Pocklington unearthed a pair of mysterious third century BC Iron Age graves containing the skeletons of potentially high status individuals. Uh, now these individuals who they think were between the ages of 17 and 25, they think may have been killed twice or even three times. A detailed examination of the skeleton shows that probably after this human's death, the body was then exhumed and ritually pierced by spears and also had received a potentially lethal blow to the forehead delivered with maybe a wooden club or a similar weapon. So the the person writing this article, or maybe the scientist, I don't know who's reasoning, but they're like, here's some reasons. You know, he could have been a respected warrior who died of natural causes and not in battle. And so, like, they wanted to make sure that, like, he got to die a warrior's death, so they speared him. Or, like, here's another possibility. Maybe after death, like, he was feared. In many parts of the world, there's evidence for a tradition in which some corpses uh, were were systematically speared by sharp objects. And, and in parentheticals, they say those suspected, quote, vampires and other, quote, revenants. Um, here's what I want. Oh, oh, there's a third possibility. Maybe they were put in the ground alive and then ritually murdered. That's all spooky. But what I want to tell the author of this article, let's see who the author is. What I want to tell you, David Keyes, uh, <laughs> is that um, probably they were just straight up vampires, um, maybe even zombies. Like, I get it. You're a scientist and, like, you want to find the clear reasoning for this. But us here over in the land of buffering the vampire slayer, we know how to uh, scientifically denote a demon when we see one. And I want to say... That I think these were some straight up UK vampires. Okay. Also, why are all of my spooky news stories from the UK? And what's going on over there, you guys? Uh, so that's the spooky news for this week. 
Also, I know we're on the other side of the spooky news jingle, but listen, uh, somebody named Sinead wrote in to give us a little more information on a previous spooky news, the thousands of human teeth that were found in the walls. So recently in Sinead's house, uh, there was plumbing work done and the repairman opened the wall to find hundreds of razor blades hidden in it. So they looked it up and found that in the 50s, every medicine cabinet had a slot to put used razors in, but the slots just led to the inside of the wall. So they figured that that was a safe way to dispose of razors. And so Sinead wonders, hmm, perhaps it was a similar thing with dentists. Maybe they didn't know what to do with the teeth and they figured putting them in the walls was convenient. So if you know more about this why our teeth in walls thing, listen, write in. Let me know. We all want to know. We all want to know about the spooky news. Okay, moving along, I'm going to tell you the award winners for the Sexual Tension Award from Goodbye Iowa. Now, a couple of you were really upset that this was put in the intro last episode, and I want to say, like, I hear you. Jenny hears you. We hear you. You want the winners to be with the nominees. You like talking about it all together. You want to hear Jenny's response. We get it. We get it. The only reason that we put this up in the intro is because a lot of times we're recording out of order or we're doing a live episode. And so we can't get the winners in. Um, So whenever we can get the winners in the episode, we will do that for you, you beautiful souls. But when we can't, I'm going to put them up in the intro. Uh, So listen, if you want to skip it, if you don't like it up here, I I get it. But goodbye, Iowa. We had uh, a tie for last place. Xander and Riley came in with 19%. Adam and his hard drives came in at 19%. In, I guess, Second place, yeah, uh, would be Anya, Buffy, and Willow. They came in with 22% of the vote. And our winners for Goodbye Iowa, not the first time they've won and probably not the last time they're going to win, are Tara and Willow. Uh, So a couple little things before we roll into this really fun episode. We did it at the Vampire Ball in London. We had so much freaking fun and you're going to have a good time listening to it. But I just want to let you know that if you're a Patreon supporter of us, there's some bonus material. In a week or so, we're going to have a bonus video of this whole episode so you can watch us tape on stage at London. Uh, That will be for all of our patrons at any level, a dollar or higher. Uh, If you are a $10 patron, you got a mailbag last week. Um, so that's fun. And if you are a $10 patron, you're also going to get the Q and a that happened after this episode. So we had several of you who came up and asked us questions after we did the live taping, some about the episode, some up, you know, most of them about faith and Buffy. (laughs) Uh, so you'll get that little bonus episode as well. If you're a $10 patron or higher, um, Last but certainly not least, thank you. Thank you to Lauren Klein, our dutiful sound engineer. And you can follow Lauren if you want to know what sound engineers are up to in their everyday life at Lauren Taylor Klein on Instagram. Thank you all. Happy New Year. Holy shit. Let's get in to some Faith and Buffy. Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in sweet, succulent, chronological order, spoiler-free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And this week, 
we are talking about season four, episode 15, this year's girl, every year's girl, I say. <laughs> Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for an original song written by us, recapping the episode we are discussing. This year's Girl was written by Doug Petrie and uh, directed by Michael Gershman and originally aired February 22nd in the year 2000. Damn it. I really wanted it to air on February 25th. Why? Because Faith, it, because, because that girl in the hallway is like, it's February 25th. And I was like, ooh, did they do it on the day that it aired? No, they did it a few days before the 25th so that we would all have a warning oh. that Faith was about to wake up. And we could avoid hospitals always at all costs. Thinking, always thinking those writers' rooms. Yes. <laughs> uh, in case you missed it, this is the one with Faith. Uh, it's Faith back. Yeah. This is the one where Faith. Uh, it says on IMDb, this is the one where Faith awakens from her coma and seeks re revenge against Buffy, which it pretty much nails it. Yes. They leave out all the sexual tension, but they knew we'd be here. <laughs> To take care of it. Yeah. So, previously on oh my God. Windows and Big Knives. It's just like, can you give a, a cheer if you, if you watched this episode in real time when it aired on television? Nice. I just like, because I didn't. And I, when I saw the previous land, I was like, oh my God, they must have all dropped dead immediately. Like, because you don't know, or maybe you did know, maybe you read the TV guide. Do you have the TV guide in London? We're in London, by the way. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I was telling the people inside the microphone. <laughs> so, but right, like, could you imagine, like, finding this out in real time? You turn on your TV, you're like 12, I don't know how old you were when you watched it. I was older, but I tried to make myself seem younger with that uh, telling. Nice, really yeah. nice. Thank yeah. you. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm Faith. We get the boob window, yeah? Yes, the classic Faith boob window, mm -hmm. backwards headbutt, and, 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 oh, the most beautiful thing you could ever hope for in a previously on, mm -hmm. which is, of course, there's no way this girl's ever going to wake up from this coma. <laughs> which means she's going to wake up from the coma! <laughs> She is. We also get um, some nice close-ups on the knife in the previous Leon, and I want to give a shout-out to Lucy, who is in the audience somewhere. Where's Lucy? There's Lucy. Hello, Lucy. Lucy gave us... You don't even know why you're clapping. You don't even... Do you all know why you're clapping? No, they just do what we say. <laughs> They're like, Lucy, yeah! <laughs> uh, Lucy gave Jenny and I the uh, knife, the replica of the, the knife, jackal, the jackal, it, as it's that we treasure known. so, so dearly. And we were so excited to get to meet Lucy in, in person. So now you can cheer for Lucy. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> we also get in the previously on, this is going to be like a lengthy episode because I have so many notes just in the previously on. Uh -huh, but uh -huh. we get what I now refer to as Riley's kink line, his favorite kink line of 2000. You're really strong. I like I it. I like it. Yeah. Riley's moment of reckoning. We get a classic, Adam, mommy. <laughs> because, like, we'll never hear that enough. We will. I've heard it enough. Uh, and we get uh, Lindsay Maggie Walsh's, Lindsay Krause's um, favorite line, I think, some little bitch, which I heard you all chuckle at. <laughs> Politely, but you chuckled, you know. <laughs> so polite here. Everyone's so polite here. The intersection of a largely English crowd and Buffy fandom is possibly, like, that section of the Venn diagram is the most polite, I think, that it gets. Yeah, which actually brings us, unless you have more notes on the previously on, Jenny. My only note was boob windows, big knives. This girl's never going to repeat. And there's our next T-shirt. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
up with those big knives. So we roll out of the previously on right into the dream. One of two dreams. Uh, three. There's aren't there three? Huh? Oh, there's three. Well, there's yes. no. Yes. Uh, no. The yeah. bed. The picnic. The, the graveyard. Well, but the graveyard. But she isn't she crying. We'll get there. I have it as dream two, part one, and part two. Okay. <laughs> we'll discuss. All right. We'll argue, maybe, if you're lucky. But Listen, dream- they're working so hard to make that bed, and the sheet is uneven. It's very stressful. Yeah. Um, it's short on face side and long on puppy side. Uh, but I think they do a great job changing the sheets together, personally. The reason that I was, the segue that I was going to use, mm. uh, Jenny, was that we had a little uh, fan meetup yesterday, and in the fan meetup, I was like, why are they changing the sheets, though? That's what I want to know. Pew, pew, pew. And everybody was so polite, and they were like, tee-hee. And I was like, guys, because sex and sheets? And they were like, yeah, it's a little much for us. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay. we don't have sex here. Yeah. Like, as a concept, <laughs> it does not exist. Um, but yeah, they're changing the sheets. Uh, Faith is, you know, knows that Buffy has a lot to prepare for, what with little sis coming. Which what is, could that mean? I don't know. Yeah, what a weird thing to say. Um, and my note, my note of this scene is, oh man, you know that feeling when you like change the sheets with your gal pal, but then she guts you with your own knife? Classic! Oh my god. <laughs> also, uh, are you ever gonna take this thing out? <laughs> That's what. She said literally. Uh-huh. She literally said that. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we cut to what I have called the faith coma machine, because I'm a doctor. Uh, sure. That's the, <laughs> definitely the technical term. Uh, and her eyes are astir. Mm, you know when you're, like, in a coma, but lightning is flashing while you're having a spooky, prophetic, possibly dream? Yeah, well, that lightning's yeah. got to flash uh, if it's going to rain later so that, sure. you know, everybody can get all wet. Okay, I'll talk about that more when we get there. <laughs> Speaking of all wet, um, <laughs> my favorite segue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about Xander using coining the word uh, orgasmator? Orgasmator. How about Xander's freaking outfit? <laughs> so the shirt is too big and the sweater vest is too small, but also it's not really sweater vest shaped. It's it, more like a sweater with the sleeves cut off. I just kind of think. Like- in this episode, they were like, can we make Willow and Xander look like the, like, funny pal friends? Like, they just, like, are dressed so... Like, I mean, I know that, that like, there is some dress, especially with Willow, but this, like, Xander in this outfit, and then Willow in this, like, definitely... Do you have the Chico's here? You might not have Chico's here, but she definitely went to, like... Chico's is where Pat shops? Yes. She went... Do you she, remember This Pat? is an outfit from Pat's closet. That's a perfect way of putting Thank it. Thank you. Which is the sweater, and then, like, the hat that looks like that game Simon from the 80s or the 90s. Oh, you know? yeah. You know where that... Really? Simon sounds English. Maybe you guys have Simon They all laughed. I think they had Simon. <laughs> no, you just laughed. Oh, you're so nice. You had Simon. Good. Great. Um, then we get uh, this wonderful shot of Giles folding his boxers. <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, just within the context, I know they're out just... of high school, but, like, still, who wants to watch Hot Work Dad fold his... I mean, a Under couple things. people probably do, but... I, right, well, but not... Those people are not Buffy, Willow, or Sander. No. And I just, or like, Anya? Is Anya there? Anya, or is it just the three? Anya is not there in this scene, but Anya is there, staying there. Because I remember I she watched... She could walk in at any moment. She could walk in at any moment. Why is Giles staying down there? Like, I know they're, like, For hiding. For safety. But, like, 
Giles wouldn't, wouldn't get a hotel. A hotel. <laughs> he's an adult man. Yeah, he's an adult man. But um, we do get this boxer folding shot. And then uh, Xander has this whole arc, which you all loved. We got to watch this episode with you. And you just loved the arc of Xander not being able to figure out the gun, electrocuting himself, which is sad. Well, this, is like, this, this is like a microcosm of the Zeppo. This is like the unseen trials and tribulations of Xander. He often goes unappreciated. We tend to rag on Xander with, I think, good reason. But he also is always working hard, sometimes in the background, sometimes to his uh, physical detriment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happens once you get electrocuted with a blaster. Uh, uh, well, Xander, good. Xander survived it and just had this very, like, we're in season four now and I know my place kind of look on his face. <laughs> like, he's used to no one noticing him. Um, also, just a slight note. Uh, Giles is sleeping downstairs in the Xander household, which means that Mrs. Xander is... Mrs. Xander? <laughs> That's how it works. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's sleeping upstairs, and I'm just wondering if they have shared any fruit punch or... Sure. Uh, any other pleasantries during this uh, extended stay. Just yeah. wondering. I don't know if I'll ever get the answer. Um, speaking of wondering about sexy things, then we cut to a beautiful shot of Riley's pecs. Jenny, how you feeling? Okay, so here's something that I've been meaning to bring up for a while now. It seems that no one, no men on this show um, have armpit hair. Mm. Angel seems to uh, be hairless. Yeah. Riley seems to be hairless. Yeah. I'm wondering whose decision that was. I mean, these are also uh, the men that Buffy is interested in, so maybe it's part yeah, of her... Yeah, is it, is it her thing... Is it somebody on staff uh, right, right. who's creating the world and is like, God made a mistake? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up Angel, too, because to me, I was like, oh, this is like normally we see Angel having difficulty buttoning his shirt. And what we've learned here is that Riley is able to button his shirt. Um, and, and, and both things result in us seeing their full chest. So, Hooray! Uh, yeah. Victory! Uh, someone who is really into seeing Riley's whole chest is Forrest, uh, who literally, I can't with Forrest. Like, we kind of, like, teased it a little early, like, before it got, like, you know, in our faces. This is powerful. The, a shish kebab that walks like a man. He says, as he, like, ogles Riley from behind. It's like his version. Can you do, like, a high-pitched sexy whistle? I can't whistle. Like. Yes. It was. It was <laughs> oh, thank yes. you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you were out-whistled. I think it's called a wolf whistle. Um, yeah. This is Forrest's version of a wolf whistle. Uh, Graham comes along, the, comes along and is. My note for Graham in this scene is so timid. So fair. <laughs> He's just always so nice. Yeah, Grandma's very mellow. Right? Whereas Forrest is like, don't even tell me you're going to see that girlfriend. Like, where do you think he's going, dude? Yeah, Forrest is Are like, you crazy? Uh, if you had a girlfriend, that, I think. Forrest? Yeah. Forrest is I know, I'm, definitely. I know. Forrest is clearly in love with Riley, and that is uh, painful think? for him. But I'm just saying, if, he ha if their positions were reversed, yes. it's only natural. Uh, <laughs> that you would want to go see your girlfriend after you were in the uh, emergency ward having been shish, having your kebab shished. Uh, Lovely. You would uh, want to go get your other kebab shished? <laughs> I should go. Uh, yeah, right. So Forrest is like, wah, 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 have sex with me, not with her. 
Then this beautiful Zoom. This is like one of my favorite parts of the whole episode where it's like crack of thunder, flash of lightning, camera pans down to faith. We see the sunrise or set. Who knows? It's glowing in the sky. It's just like, you know, I mean, I guess when a slayer comes out of a coma, it's a big deal. Like for for even if it wasn't like a big deal to us because we want Faith to be back out of a coma, like it just seems like there's some forces at play. Something like elemental. Elemental. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> so now we go to dream number two, which I think continues into or whatever part two of the dream sequences. No, no, no. This is a separate dream. Okay. This is the. Se- it's important that I okay. that I demarcate where I, a dream one uh, sure. begins and ends in dream. So dream two, we get. The mayor's back. Isn't it so great to see Harry Groner again? Truly. What a dream. It's like ever since, uh, so I had the chance to sit down with Harry and talk to him when we were back in season three uh, before his uh, unfortunate demise and and change into a snake. And, like, it's so weird to talk to people who play, like, evil characters and then are just really, really nice people because I just can't ever trust them completely. And it's not their fault. It's just a a hazard of the trade, I guess. Uh 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 (laughs) But so now when I see him on screen, I'm like, oh, he's so nice. That's my whole story. (laughs) He's also being really nice. They're just, like, having a lovely day. Yeah. Lovely picnic. This is very, and Faith is dressed as the mayor wanted her to dress in this dream. Yeah. Oh, I guess that means it is three dreams. God damn it. She's dressed differently in the third one. Check. Yeah, they're sharing like a PB&J, I think, perhaps. Or something, yeah. And there's a little snake. A little snake, which is like, this is like an Adam and Eve reversal, I think. Like Adam and Eve were like there for the creation of the world or whatever in the story. Uh, (laughs) And then like, you know, now like these two were like attempting to end the world and like- Sure, also the mayor became a snake. Yeah, well I know, but like, (laughs) I just, this is what happens when I watch the episode 7,000 times. You're like beautiful nuances and I'm like, mayor was a snake. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The mayor says something to uh, Faith. He says, you're too young and too pretty a girl to start wearing any worry lines on your face. How dare. <clears throat> to which I say. Oh, is it time already? So Excuse soon. Excuse me. The patriarchy. <laughs> Tight. But question number one about no, I have so many questions. But why does Faith crawl on her hands and knees? No, 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 no. Why cheesecake at a picnic? Oh. Okay, yeah, that's solid. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we've learned that the mayor leaves his milk out. So true. Yes, he's a big room temperature dairy kind of guy. <laughs> he is impervious. The I guess, of evil. I think so. Right, Buffy kills the mayor in this dream, and then Faith is crawling because it's a dream, and that's what happens sometimes yeah. when you're in a dream. Yeah. Um, in this my, is the point. Oh, sorry. No, it's just in my sequence, she crawled to the graveyard and then started running. That's just like that's and how her I clothes to changed. Yeah. I mean, mm, okay. Yeah. So the thing is that the, the point um, at this point in the episode, a plane flies overhead. <laughs> Kate Bush is like paused for the jet. <laughs> and I'm wondering, oh, hey, has Faith just been having, like, this kind of dream for the last eight 
months or is she like surfacing slowly regardless wow she's gonna wake up real messed up yeah well she was been having this dream and then um dreams about cigars and tunnels was what she said right is that like a sex thing i think so okay right yeah yeah someone is very certain yeah Mm. Um, so then Buffy uh, debuts, I think, her leopard print coat. Um, and into the woods she goes to discover this flayed demon. Um, yeah, Adam's taking bio two right now. Yeah. Um, so big dissection requirement. Pretty rough. In that class. I don't like demons, but I really don't like seeing demons. Who ever like wants this, to you know? see a chest cavity flayed open mm. and pinned especially just adam hang it up yeah just adam pretty much i think <sighs> so the scoobies are like plan 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 yeah buffy's like saving private riley yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, love <laughs> I love when you get to like the line that you've been waiting to get to <laughs> um right and they're like willow hack the initiative xander keep working on that gun and then riley is like guys don't worry about it i'm right here and you know what? A surprise for everyone. When I watch this episode, I'm really excited when Riley walks in. I don't well, know. Well, well, well. How the worm has turned. It might have been the pecs earlier in the episode. Mm. I don't know what happened. You're just so thankful for a man who knows how to keep his shirt buttoned. What <laughs> well, long, sweet last. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. He's just a real hunk. I think they put him in like bigger shirts this episode to make him look a little like because he's like sick and like recovering or whatever. And I feel like the way that they helped visually cue us is like his shirts are a little baggier and maybe I'm into that. Anyway, it's a moment. Savor it while it's here. It will be gone as quick as it <laughs> arrives. Uh, and now, dream number three. Unless yeah, you had... this is some like Michael Myers shit. This is some classic horror. Slow walk, knife up, steady. No need to hurry. I'll get to you in time. Yeah, kind of vibe. Buffy the creepiest good... of all horror walks. Buffy. Sarah Michelle Gellar does a good job with that slow walk. Yeah, it's um, real creepy, scary. I don't want that. And she following me personally. Faith falls into an open grave like you do. Um, How can you have a dream and not fall into an open grave? <laughs> Classic. And Buffy sort of like pin drops into the grave, which is also really creepy. And then it starts raining and everything gets all wet. And this... <laughs> so the reason that I feel that it's not um, stretching is because uh, when Angel and Buffy first had sex... That's true. It rained, they and were, we talked. They were all wet. For, they were. We talked for a long time about how they were all wet for the rain. So I just feel like, um, you know, tit for tat over here. <laughs> tit for tit. <laughs> Goodness. Faith. Uh, Faith crawls out of the grave, um, and then she has this moment. I don't know if you're familiar with the film. I know what you did last summer. But, like, she's literally like, what are you waiting for? And I had this memory watching the episode, and I looked it up. I was like, oh, let me look it up, because I remembered it in the rain. It's not in the rain. Uh, and there was Sarah Michelle Geller standing right behind Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> in this movie that came out in 1997. So I just had a nice moment with them. That she's, like, taking notes. Got it, got it, yeah, got it. Yeah, look yeah, she's like, sky, save sure. this three years. Use it in my hit show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm -hmm. 
And then um, also, wait. I think it's worth noting before yeah. um, before Buffy. I think pin drops. We're seeing Faith from above in the in the grave. And obviously, the show. I think the show does dream sequences like no other show. It's so, ah, mm-hmm. so great. I keep putting my tongue on this mic pop filter by accident. <laughs> I am so sorry to everyone else at the convention. Um, <laughs> and it and sh- Faith has her her hands on the sides of the grave, and the the shot just kind of like lingers for like longer than it needs to to establish anything. And she's kind of just like moving her hands like awkwardly, and it feels like so like extra dreamlike. And I just wanted to draw attention to that because there's, it's not sexy and there's no joke. But now I yeah. said the thing that I liked, and there you go. Thank no, you. Uh, thank you for saying that. Well, thing. I think at the end of the series, um, and maybe one of you can be diligent enough to keep track of this. But I think at the end of the series, we should have we should like have a poll for like the best dream sequence. Sure. Of all, because they're all incredible, and you are correct. Um, so then. You know, after Faith crawls out and is like, what are you waiting for? We go to the hospital. Oh, my God. She's waking up. She was never supposed to wake up. But she did it. They said it couldn't be done, but it's been done. Dave, will you please play the Faith jingle? She's from Boston, keeps it spot and doesn't need any frills. Seems like she's the only one who's taking care of herself. Don't call her loser. She's a bruiser with the power and skill. But the demons deep inside her are the Thank you, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Jenny just said, I forgot there was a Faith jingle, and I was so excited for this episode because we gave Faith her jingle at the end of her time in season three. Yeah. And so, like, we haven't been able to give... Uh, her her song and we're gonna I'm gonna at least give it to her twice uh, which is <laughs> thank this you is... for picking up on my is innuendo there... listen what nothing <laughs> you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop we all know and love the thrill of the hunt But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. (laughs) Okay. We go to the hospital. Well, turns out that eight months in a coma will not atrophy the muscles of a slayer. That's my note. Nice note. I mean, listen, you can't, I, even a slayer, I think, after eight months would have a little bit of a stumble. Like, I know they recover quickly, but this seems intense. I agree. Also, we get a good old IV rip. I love any time someone rips an IV out of their arm in this show. I'm pretty sure I've watched you rip an IV out of your hand. Is that accurate? It is accurate. Yeah, okay. Kristen can't, can't abide an IV. It was actually the last time we did a live taping and watched the episode. I had, remember? I had ripped yes. an IV out of my arm, and that was the episode. <gasps> Shit. <laughs> oh, God. We got to be careful. Okay. <laughs> um, no, you were just your mother. Oh, well. That's, that's just for us. I it happened. <laughs> you were just like, <gasps> shit. <laughs> hey, it happens to the best of us, you know? Uh, Truly. Listen, I have a bone to pick with the fucking Sunnydale Hospital. What are they doing? Where have they put Faith and or can someone please give funding to this hospital? She's in the, these girls will never wake up yes. home away. <laughs> There's well, no like lights in the hallway. But somehow the teddy bear sweater girl has wandered in. And can you imagine looking for your friend that you want to give a teddy bear to in the <laughs> hospital and then seeing Faith in her state in that moment and being like, here's the person I should ask for directions. <laughs> seems fine. And then can you imagine continuing on a conversation with them? Oh, well, you know, graduation. I mean, I shouldn't tell you, but like, what? <laughs> this girl, I like, everyone's dead. I know. I really liked this girl. I was like, let me see what else she did. And I went to her IMDb page and it was like known for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the visitor. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> this is her one role. Uh, but yeah, I don't understand why she talks to Faith, but she of course tells her the facts that Faith needs to know, which is that the mayor has perished. This is so sad. I mean, if I was Faith, I would be so sad. It is sad. It is sad. And then Faith beats her up and takes her clothes. <laughs> I would have been more into this if Faith was like, uh, I don't know, but you want to go and, like check out that broom closet? And then like walked out in her clothes. But, you know. Oh, that would, that's another way to do it, I guess. Yeah, but it was the year 2000 and things weren't as easily made gay yet. Uh, sure, um, also she's, I think, just kind of uh, primed for violence right now. <laughs> true, true. Uh, so, oh my gosh. Are you going to talk about the, this voiceover before you go to Yeah, that? hell yes. I'm going to talk about this voiceover. <laughs> well, cause... While we're still looking at Faith, we hear Buffy's voiceover, you know I never stopped thinking about you. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, nice, beautiful. Oh God, it makes me so happy in a way that almost seems unhealthy, but I'm here for it. <laughs> 
Um, but unfortunately, she's talking to Riley. Yeah, but like, is she? Every time she mm, like says something to she? Riley in this episode, I'm like, but who are you talking to? Because that happens again later. We'll get there. Um, Riley loves this fucking bandana so oh much. Oh my gosh. As some of you may know, we've begun a new uh, we've begun a new segment, which is of course look at the size of Mark Lucas's hands on Sarah Michelle Gellar's body. Oh God, they're huge, um, and that carries over nicely to this scarf, which looks like a Band-Aid on his hand. <laughs> to, his huge hands. <laughs> to give him a little bit of uh, like what do you call it context? Though this was a stupid bandana. It's not an actual <laughs> bandana. You know, it's a lady bandana. A stupid bandana. Yeah, I. A lady it's a lady bandana. It's definitely decorative. You don't want to tie it around your head mm. and and be Rambo. Right. It's like right? it's like you know how they like put like ra- it's like razors and then it's like razors for her. In the nineties, it was like <laughs> bandanas and then it was like bandanas for her. And they were like had like a rubber band and I was like fuck that shit. Yeah. Okay. I can curse. Um, Okay, so then, right, Buffy's like, I, I quit the council and, you know, trying to, like, counsel Riley. Oh. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Trying to counsel Riley through his confusion. <laughs> yes, Jenny. No, no, please. Sally um, and this is sad. And maybe this is, like, why I have a bit of a soft spot for Riley right now is because we just came out of Riley, like, having his entire universe flipped upside down, which I have a, a real spot for. Yeah, I'm, I'm a soldier. <sighs> Take that away. What's left? That's, a nice that's, man. I know. A I nice man with it. huge hands. <laughs> <laughs> also, two things. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, please. if you're good on the identity crisis. I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm good. Um, Riley's watch. I don't know if you guys have fossil here. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like clearly, all of our American listeners are like, wow. So most of the episode is going to be us asking the audience, "Do you have this here?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Riley is definitely wearing a fossil or a fossil ripoff uh, watch. It is a huge leather wristband with a little face. I mean, it's probably pretty huge because it's on his enormous <laughs> wrist and hand, but, but it is um, very distinctly of its era. And furthermore, for somebody who's like, I haven't slept in three days. Oh, no. Adam. Oh, God. He must be stopped. Buffy sure is hanging out in everybody's bedrooms a lot in this episode. Hey, you got to have time to play, you know? Just no, like, it's by her own, put the words out of her well, mouth is that she had no time to play. But, but, and this brings us to the next moment in this scene where she like straddles Riley and starts kissing him and then searches for a chip in his head. So she might've had like a reason to get him in like a sexy place so she could like secretly search for the chip just to make sure. Or maybe that's her kink. Oh, you know what I thought is that like, <laughs> so we've talked about, you haven't heard the episode yet, but we'll get there. We've talked about the um, incredible sex scene uh, between Riley and Buffy, um, which involves <laughs> the removal of a boot slowly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I thought perhaps... <laughs> I thought maybe the director was like, all right, let's try something new. I'm going to tell Sarah to look for Chip (laughs) in Mark's head because then it, like, will either be really sexy or it'll be, like, sort of sexy, but it won't matter because there's this other reason for it, you know? Right, They just, they struggle a little bit with the chemistry after we, like, had soul-losing chemistry a couple seasons ago. It's really hard to top uh, Forbidden Love. Yes. 
Um, so we go back to the hospital for this quick little thing. All the doctors in Sunnydale look the same. I thought this was the initiative doctor when it first like rolled up on his face. And I was like, what is going on? And then the suit guy is like, how could you possibly have left a person in a coma in this horrible wing of the hospital? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then we find out the girl was beat up. And then this creepy nurse is like, "Mm, I'm making my call on this one phone placed perfectly so that we don't need another shot. Good thing I was on shift. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, Faith longingly looks at what once was Sunnydale High School, then stumbles down State Street in a daze. Yes. Um, There's this, like, weird little moment that happens in this quick scene where a dad and his daughter are going to the movies, which I feel is very intentional. She's like, Dad, we're not, like, we're running late. Yeah, Um, that feels... You know, to underline that Faith has lost her dad, her watcher dad, the mayor... Um, and then, like Spike before her, <laughs> Faith takes a moment to stare in a Sunnydale window. <laughs> no, she doesn't stare into it yet. That's no? later. I'm so. She, she just literally can't wait. When, Sorry. When Jenny watched the episode, she texted me like five minutes into watching it and was like, "Um, is this not the episode where she stares in the window?" I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this the window of Giles's house. Oh. oh. It's almost as though you don't listen well. sometimes. <laughs> I just have more information about another window. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get to the other window. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes. Faith stares into a window. Continue. Right, right, right. Because Buffy's in there talking to Giles and mm-hmm. uh, the whole crew. <laughs> we find out that Adam and then has the, to charge. The council still calls Giles to... What? We, we find out that Adam has to charge. <laughs> Adam has to charge? Yeah. Riley's like, well, he probably has to charge. And I died because I just imagined Adam being like, am I a man or a monster? And then being like, one moment, please. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting down and like plugging himself into the wall. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Yeah. So she is like watching them getting the lay of the land. Oh, Buffy has a new butterscotch boyfriend. Interesting. Oh, they're talking about all this stuff. Then they get the call. The council still has Giles' phone number, and that's where they look for Buffy. No indication when he picks up the phone whether the person on the other line is obviously uh, British. Mm -hmm. But I would assume Giles getting a call from a British person who then asks for Buffy would be, I don't know, something. Okay, because I was like, why doesn't Giles ask who is calling for Buffy? You think he just knows that it's the council? Well, he probably knows other British people, but Buffy doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, maybe he assumes, because it is weird that he doesn't ask, like, oh, you're calling this person at my house? Who are you? Also, Jenny's like, oh, they know about me, and then she disappears into the darkness. Yeah, she also has a moment, like you were like, Faith looks in and sees Butterscotch boyfriend and is like, blah. But like, she looks in and sees Butterscotch boyfriend is like, heard about it. She's butthurt, you know? She's like, hmm, another I boyfriend. I don't think they say butthurt here. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> um, also, there's this whole moral conversation that happens, right? Right, what do we do with Faith yeah. if and when we apprehend her? She can't go, like the police don't know what to do with it. She doesn't belong in jail. Uh, the council's clearly uh, proved itself not helpful. Right. The um, Scooby gang has their opinions. And Willow. Buffy is, of course, like, she's my responsibility. And is this kind of... Well, because Buffy has left the council, I think Buffy feels it's her responsibility to deal with Faith because she doesn't, like, she is her own boss, you know? Sure, but she's al- she also is completely not equipped <laughs> To, to handle Faith? I think so. Well, yeah. I mean, but she doesn't know. Faith, but, but she's, she's not equipped to, like, 
rehabilitate Faith or like whatever the grand design is meant right. to be. But I think she doesn't know, right? Because it's like this thing that we all do as people, I think. We perceive others how we behave and like the, the things we do is what informs us. And so I think that for Buffy, like in the moment where she's like, maybe she's sorry, like Faith isn't sorry, right? I mean... Whatever, deep down, Faith is sorry. But that's because I'm me and I would be sorry. So I want to believe that she's sorry. I think Faith is sorry deep down. Come now. Well, I mean, I don't think that she's going to pop out of a coma and be sorry. Like, I think that would be a quick progression. But, but Buffy, I think, I think, no, you disagree? I don't know. All right, well, we'll talk What's about it another What's important is that this goes on for like five minutes and then there's a beautiful pause and then Riley's like, who's Faith? Right. Also, not to overlook the Scooby's uh, concerns, Willow being like, we should beat her up. Uh, and, and Xander being like, but who's she doing? Who is she doing? Yes. On brand for everyone. Uh, Willow, speaking of on brand, is wearing a shirt where three people are in bed on her shirt, I think. I don't know what's happening there. They have this little conversation back and forth about like Riley and like, what did you tell him? I told Faith, I told him Faith was my like wacky cousin. I didn't tell him about all that sex we had. And um, <laughs> wow, then Buffy's like, if I were Faith, step, step, step. And then Faith is like, you're not me. And we all scream. <laughs> and Dave, we play the Faith jingle again. <laughs> She's from Boston, keeps it spotting, doesn't need any frills. Seems like she's the only one who's taking care of herself. Don't call her loser, she's a bruiser with the power and skill. But the demons deep inside her are the hardest to kill. Faith! There she is again. Uh, check you out, B. Big girl on campus is really working for you. That's not part of my erotic novel. <laughs> but I do have one. Uh, and I want to say, did somebody boo? Or did you just say, ooh? I was like, wow, <laughs> an opposition to the erotic novels. Um, you all cheered when the erotic novel happened while you were watching the episode, and I was so proud that we all shared the same feelings. <gasps> My erotic novel is, so let's have another go at it. See who lands on top. Thank you. Thank you um, so much. Takes a lot of creative skill and natural talent <clears throat> to write my, things. My erotic novel for this episode is, is still, are you ever going to take this thing out? <laughs> it's just like, it's a very particular kind of sexy. It, it writes itself, really. <laughs> uh, wow, so they just exchange all of this, like, very charged banter. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, also, Faith has a line that I love. Well, it's a kind of a combo line where Buffy's like, Faith, these are innocent people. And she's like, no such animal. And I'm like, yeah, say it again. <laughs> because she's sexy, but also because she's right. There is no such animal. Sure. As an innocent human. None of us sure. are innocent. Well. Bringing the deep thoughts. Well, maybe the babies are innocent. Pippa innocent. <laughs> yeah. Pippa, for those of you listening, is an adorable baby who is at Just this kidding. convention and uh, has dressed up as Buffy. And I've held her many times. As have I. We love Pippa. Uh, anyhow, we get back. The, the, it's, it's wild like how heavily Faith is like harping. It's not wild. We, 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 we know. But... <laughs> Objectively, it's a little wild how hard she's harping on the fact that, like, oh, you stabbed me to save your boyfriend, but you're not even dating him anymore. You jumped on the first college beef stick you could find. Yep. <laughs> Jenny has stood up. Beef stick! 
She called Riley a beef stick. Okay. <laughs> Jenny has sat down. Thank you. Uh, uh, yes, I actually think that I wonder why she would be harping so much on who Buffy is dating and was dating and is dating now. Yeah, because that's what gal pals do. They're just yes. palling around, thinking about each other's boyfriends sure. all the time. Sure. Also, Jenny, you know how um, you had that shirt that said, I love hunks? Yes. I would like to make you one that says, I love college beef sticks. <laughs> that it may be a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing enough to wear I love hunks out of context. <laughs> so then we get this really sexy fight. Uh, fight, 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 yeah, fight. And they're fight. like fighting. Willow tries to get the backpack to Faith's head before the fight begins. And, and my favorite part about that is when Faith calls her red. Um, oh, yeah, hot. And yeah, it's pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> there's two, this is really small note, but like if you go back and you watch the episode, maybe you already noticed it, but I get a real kick out of the two college dudes who are standing on the staircase behind their fight. <laughs> they're like, whoa. <laughs> just like this is some serious fighting happening um yeah and then like the cops are there and faith is like you took my life b payback's a bitch and then she like throws a cop and then she throws another cop and then she jumps over the fence but also you left out the fact that faith is like payback's a bitch and willow's like look who's talking <laughs> These witches. These fucking witches. You said, okay, yeah, go ahead. Cheer them, cheer them. Hey, Jenny, you know who needs a fucking jingle? Willow and Tara. Ooh, okay. Willow and Tara. Okay. Willow and Tara. Okay. Willow and Tara. Okay. Willow and Tara. Oh, yeah, yeah, God. yeah. Okay, all right, I'll do it. Um, you said recon like you're a cool monster fighter, says Tara to Willow. <clears throat> <laughs> And then it gets so sexy. Oh, yeah, so sexy like, when Tara's like, this is how people punch. <laughs> but she looks like a, a small dog that's been dropped in water, you know? <laughs> For those of you listening at home, Jenny and I just uh, mimicked Tara, but Jenny did it like a, a Labrador retriever doing the dog paddle, I think. Yeah, swimming. <laughs> um, Willow gets to call Faith a cleavage slut bomb, uh, which normally we'd be, well, maybe you have thoughts on it. Normally I feel like I'd be like, Willow, don't slut shame. But I'm like, yeah, Willow, call her a cleavage <laughs> slut bomb. I just, listen, sometimes your emotions get the best of you, you know? Um, and then... Somebody yesterday, we were signing things and we were talking about five by five with somebody. Mm. And they were like, I just learned what that meant. And I feel so embarrassed that I did not know. And I said, don't feel embarrassed because in the very episode we are discussing tomorrow, we find out that in the universe they don't know what the hell Faith is talking about. Um, Willow says, you know, I have, that's the thing. No one knows what five by five means. <laughs> Anyhow, shall we go to an alley? Oh my God. Ooh, this is the part where we get to talk about a scene that has a character who's also in the building with us. <laughs> but before he emerges from the shadows, yes. um, Xander is having a very important monologue uh, that Giles is listening to in rapt attention. Uh, if Faith finds out Mr. Xander Harris is in town, odds are she goes tighter than cat gut. What? <laughs> What? 
Uh, well, I didn't even hear that line. I'm taking it in for the first yeah, time. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Tighter oh. than cat gut. I don't, it's unclear what is, if that's a good thing, a bad thing, a sexy thing, an unsexy thing. Unknown. Also, Giles rolling his eyes at Xander is a mood. Like, it just, like, I want to put it in a bottle and sell it as perfume or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Also, Xander can't be held responsible for the effects he has on women. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate in a variety of ways. There's a whole spectrum from speedo to slut shaming. <laughs> the Xander Harris story. <laughs> oh, so then a certain peroxide vampire lights his cigarette in the dark of an alley, to which I say, Dave, will you play the spike jingle, please? Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, you trench coat. Spike, I love you. Spike, you black man. Spike, peroxide. Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> oh, yes. And this is amazing. This is the first time, maybe it's not the first time, but it, to me, it, it seems like the first time that we have seen Spike act. Right? Like, Spike is pretending, which is a thing we've seen Angel do. And Angel oh, yes. believes he is an incredible... Thespian Angel. Yes, Thespian Angel is a whole thing. Um, and Spike is like, oh, uh, somebody's after you? Tell me about it. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's this girl, and her name's Faith, and she's yay tall. And then, of course, he's like, I'm going to go find her and fucking show her where you are, you fucking idiots. <laughs> when it's like he has... A point. What is happening to them? I know that they... No, there's mixed messages going well, on on a rolling basis. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There are. And I also agree that Spike fucking loves the Scoobies and, like, loves everybody and has a tender heart and I love him. Okay. <laughs> but they are fighting evil. So I just feel like you need to keep a little bit more of a dis... You know, a little bit more of your guard up than... Yes. Than they are. Um, although they realize it when Xander, of course, says, we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then flap, flap, flap of a chopper. That would have been a great time for another airplane from Heathrow to, sure. to, to go by. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, and um, now we get to the window I thought oh, you God. were talking about before, Jenny. Yes! Back on State Street. Faith is staring That's longingly. That's Faith's memoir title. Back on State Street. <laughs> <laughs> Back on State Street, Faith is staring longingly into the window of the sporting goods store where she and Buffy once did some very homoerotic crime together. <laughs> yeah, she was like, want, take, have. And then she was like, are you ever going to take this thing out? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, she's also staring at the, this collection of Gustafson precision blades. Ooh, you said Gustafson mm. so nicely. Thank you. I don't know if that's correct, but hey. Uh, but they're all so much smaller than, than Faith's knife. Yeah. I mean, Faith definitely has the best knife. But um, also, where did she get her clothes? Like, what girl did those clothes come from? Oh, what is she? Is she wearing leather pants? She's back to... Right now? Yeah, I don't know if they're Maybe leather pants. Maybe she had a stockpile... Uh, Somewhere. Just hidden, like, under a bridge in Sunnydale. Or, or the mayor had, like, a storage unit or oh, something. Which, listen, I'm skipping ahead because I have shit to talk about um, before. Well, you know, we'll just get there. The fucking demon comes, and Faith kills him, which is a bummer. This guy's classic Faith. Classic Faith, but just he's just doing Literally his job. Literally killing the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then the messenger's like, yo, here, well, the messenger's dead, but in his, in his dying, I would believe he would say, here's this tape that the mayor made for you. Uh, and then she climbs a fucking ladder to a VCR room. <laughs> what? Like, she, she also, like, her feet, like, just managed to escape yes. the, the rolling beam of the police officer's flashlight. Police, <laughs> police officers are always shining high-powered flashlights that are handheld yeah, well, down alleys. Sunnydale. I, I mean, Sunnydale, they're, like, watching out for demons, so they have different kind of tricks. Right, 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 right. They're also doing a horrible job. Uh, <laughs> so then in the V, I've, like, I, I label all of the rooms where the things happen, and this is labeled, in quotes, VHS room. <laughs> um, True. The mayor, he's like, Dad. Oh, oh, the mayor's so great. How, who here loves the fucking mayor? <laughs> oh. I mean, I know you sure. all do. I just like, there's things not to love about the mayor, but there's so much to love. No, about but the mayor. I mean, just like as a villain, wow, just such a great so villain. Great. Um, the mayor is like, the mayor's like, you can't live without me, which like he means like eternally, but this is kind of like a rough message. Like, Dad. I, I find it, like, I thought it was very, um, very real, very paternalistic, very, like, literally, like, I mean, I think, I can't say, for, I mean, people that you love, mm -hmm. that are closer to you, specifically, like, think about your parents. I'm so sorry to do this to you and everyone, but think about your, your parents dying, right? Okay, great. Yep. That's the thing that, like, uh, really, I think, seals more than anything else, like, the reality of your mortality. Yes. Right? A generational yes. shift. So he's, like, giving her these, like, real deep, dark messages. But he says there's no place in the world for her. Well, that's his his view, I know, right? but I just... Because yeah. they had such a tight bond. Like, they, that was her family. But don't you the think that if, like, my dad made me a video to watch after he died, he wouldn't be like, well, and now there's nothing left for you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I mean, I, like, I get part of it, and, like, I think part of it is, upli like, uplifting for faith, you know, to be like, oh, we loved each other, and, like, we had something, and he gets it. But I just feel like he could have given her a little bit more than the fidget spinner, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call the... <laughs> Thing. It's a fidget spinner. Some hope and a fidget spinner. Yeah, so be careful mm. with the, your fidget spinners. You might just, who knows what. Um, anyway, so moving along from the VHS room, uh, I've written down from my, this isn't this watch, but the watch before, uh, she's a very dangerous woman. And then there's a little arrow and it says, my sexuality is Buffy saying this about faith. <laughs> So I guess I had like a real moment with it uh, up in my hotel room when I was like, she's a very dangerous woman. Say it again. Uh, and then my, my buzz was immediately killed when uh, I found out that Riley lines up his tiny basketballs in a line on his desk. <laughs> yeah, but then what about when Riley was like, I've never seen anybody get under your skin this way before. What did she what did do, she do to, to you? Exactly. Tell me in detail, yes. very slowly. Point by point. And Buffy's like, ah, nothing. <laughs> it's a long story. How long? You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> My next note is, knocky, knocky, Joyce. Really? Knocky, knocky. Yeah. Uh, I just love... Upon the door? Upon the door. Yeah. Knocky, knocky. Oh, probably the last time that, like, Faith knocked on the door and Joyce answered it, it was Christmas in a mess. I know. That's immediately... Oh, my God. That Here are is... some gifts. They're crappy. Mm. Also, they spent Christmas night together. Remember? And like, 
Now she's just going to punch her in the face. I just feel like they had something, you know? They still kind of do have something. There's though. something here. Yeah, for there, sure. there definitely is. Hi, Joyce. She punches her in the face. Um, then she's trying on her lipsticks. And she's like, Burgundy Skyline. Harlot, way to go, Joyce. And Joyce <laughs> yeah. is like, yeah, I bought it when I started book club. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what got into me. <laughs> oh, Faith gives the mirror a nice kiss in her harlot lipstick. Where is that mirror from the set is what I say. Indeed. Um, and Joyce is Fucking, we haven't seen Joyce. Like, am I right or am I right? Not enough Joyce up to this point in season Not four. Joyce. I think at this at this point, when we talked to her, I think she told us that she was living in Italy oh. this year. All right, I so think, Joyce which was is like, why she's not around so much. She's having a good time in Italy. Having a blast. With her art museum. She had big business. No, 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 no. I know. I know. (laughs) I understand the difference between the actor and their character. Okay, okay. okay. Sort of. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just love her. She holds her fucking own in this whole scene, right? She's like, how do I, Faith is like, how do I look? And Joyce is like, psychotic. (laughs) Yeah, she's so tough. Yeah, which like Faith kind of is into. She's like, all right, I was going for this, but I'll take psychotic. Um, And then the line, actually... I was thinking my daughter is going to kill you soon. Like, fuck yeah, Joyce. Joyce is like, really? Accepted her slayer daughter, you know? So beautiful. Sometimes it takes four seasons for a mom to get it. And she's there. (laughs) She knows what's up. But Faith has this, like, really, I mean, she's, like, peeling back more and more layers uh, to this thing that she's feeling about Buffy. You think you're part of something, and then you get dumped. Mm-hmm. And she has this whole, like, animals in the tar pit sinking slowly. Like, geez, yeah. Faith, get a live journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Someone please make a live journal for Faith. Probably that exists, <laughs> right? Somebody oh, do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, too busy with her new boy toy to give a single thought to people who matter. Before we get to the beautiful piece of this episode, I just want to ask... One question, which is, why are they sent? Why are letters being sent three miles to? It just seems you don't update your mailing address when you go to college. But they're three three miles, miles down away. the road, right? Like I just find what kind of mail? What kind of mail do you think Buffy is getting? It. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? You think she's getting anything time sensitive or is it like... Uh, yeah, from the council, they're like, oh, this is not okay. Third warning. Not allowed to go rogue. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought this was a funny little twist. Now, the window may break and in will come Buffy. And Hooray! This is like one of my favorite, at least to date, Buffy-Joyce moments. Hi, mom. You know, like, just like, hi, Buffy. Hi, mom. Uh, Because it's just, I don't know. I feel like maybe Buffy hasn't been visiting very much, but, like, they love each other so much. They're a team. They've got each other's backs. Remember when they sat on the couch in their white scrunchy socks and had, like, a birthday moment? It was very sad. It was, but, like, it's just really sweet, and I love it. The end. That Beautiful. was a novel that was not erotic. It was sen- <laughs> that was my first sentimental novel. Beautiful. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> okay. So they fight and 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 they're taking moments to have some banter. <laughs> oh, God, she just can't get off the boyfriend thing. Oh, butterscotch. Meh. Faith is like, maybe I'd like to sample some butterscotch. And Buffy is like, he's not big on sleaze. And Faith is like, he's probably never tried it, which is such a great <laughs> way to come back to that. She's like, yeah, but, but he might be, be into it, I think. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, my one of my main notes for this scene is breaking the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they break the whole house after this conversation. There's so many things that happen. There's like this slide across the whole table. Then Faith takes the whole silverware drawer out and has the courtesy to empty it yeah, and then throwing it. <laughs> so nice. Which I thought was like an interesting and thing. And then like closes a glass door oh, on Buffy. Buffy as she's passing through, of course. Oh. Uh, the contractors in Sunnydale, like that's the industry you want to get into, right? Do you think Joyce took out extra insurance after she found out that Buffy was the Slayer? God, I hope so. She's like, I'm upping my coverage. And they're like, any life changes uh, that we need to know about? And she's like, no, My no. daughter's a Slayer. <laughs> no, no, she definitely insurance fraud is happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, Buffy's like, maybe we forgot about you because we wanted to. That sounds like the lady doth protest too much. It does. It, it is. It's like what you say to somebody who you love and you want to hurt uh, in that moment, I, I, I think. It sounds like what you say to like a gal pal who broke your heart. And this is what you do to a gal pal who knifed you in the gut, you know? You know what <sighs> else you do to them? What do you do? Put a fidget you spinner spin on You spin their hand. fidget if you possibly can. Yeah! You spin their fidget. Um... <laughs> Sometimes my only role is to like repeat what you said to make sure that uh, everyone else heard it, you know? <laughs> everyone now heard the joke. Uh, Faith is like the cops. And it's like, my question here is, is she pan like, is she panicked? Is she afraid of the cops? Is that what? No, she wants to she, spin the fidget before the cops. Just the, in time. Just in time. That's my thing. It's like, she's like, now's the time. So that Buffy will be in Faith's body, but unconscious. <laughs> As the cops arrive. <laughs> if only listeners at home could see Jenny's shit-eating grin. <laughs> um, How dare you? Yeah, my note is fidget spinner activate. Um, <clears throat> and big face punch, unconscious, after the magical flushes, and then Joyce is like, <laughs> Magical Buffy, are you okay? And Buffy's like, five by five. And we're all like, <laughs> also, there's a tiny little moment where Giles uh, walks in and there are three men who say, hello, Rupert. Uh, they say Ripper, actually. They say Ripper? That's right. <laughs> Rupert. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. We'll see about that. Oh, wow. Jenny just challenged you all. No, I mean, I guess I'm clearly outnumbered. Because they're... I heard what I heard. Okay, well, we can't talk about... Okay. Anyway. These guys are wearing a lot of leather jackets, and they seem very dark ops. I feel like they'd be calling him Ripper. Okay, but that's okay. Just me. All right. Hey, listen. To each his but own. But also, I have stupid American ears, so who knows what I heard? <laughs> um. So right. Uh, so is it the, the magical time come for? Yeah, the most I, blessed. I I believe portion it has of the episode? Jenny. Um, I do want to say though before we go to uh, the magical time in this episode, um, mm -hmm. known as mm -hmm. Sexual Tension Awards. Don't don't you worry, we'll get there. Um, I do want to take a moment um, to first of all say we have had so much fun at the Vampire Ball. Mm -hmm. <sighs> mm -hmm. Um, and in your wonderful, wonderful city, well, it's, I, I'm sure it's not all of your city, but a lot of you, it's your city. Um, 
and your country. And it's just been very wonderful to us. We've had a great time. I've had a lot of questions. Oh, um, yes. What are so they? So I just want to, like, talk about them for a second. Let's very see where they briefly. are in my notes. Okay. My London down list. Big cues. Uh, I'm going to save the first one for last because we got the answer. And Jenny, do you remember it? Because you have to explain it to them. Um, okay. So my London list is why are the streets so small? Um, they're so, it's like, listen, it's like, in in America, they measured the car and they were like, okay, we'll give you like a foot on either side. Maybe two. Because you're all a mess. Yeah. You're going to need the space. Here, they were like, you guys got this. Car is 16 feet, road 16 feet. Like every time we're in a car, I'm like, will we fix? Oh, we will. We will. Um, outlets. Why? I, I I don't, and this isn't like, this isn't like a, you should have my outlets thing. I just don't understand how we got to the point in our uh, world where we all have different outlets. Why didn't anyone talk to each other? Well, because you couldn't plug in the cordless phone. Oh, they yeah. were like, we don't have a While plug. electricity was being right. harnessed right. to call across the pond and uh, say, how many prongs? What shape? How far apart? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, a question. And I'm sure either someone will tell us or you can write in at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com and let me know. Uh, I also want to let you know I ate mushy peas. <laughs> and I liked them. Yeah. I was so excited. Like, I ordered it and I didn't realize it. And I was with my friend Megan who lives here. And uh, there was, like, it was, I got um, fish and chips. I was being very, like, you know, local flavor. Um, <laughs> And it came with like tartar sauce and then there was this little thing of, of green and I was like, what is that? And she's like, oh, that's mushy peas. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> she had no idea why I was so excited about mushy peas. I was like, Giles ate them. And she's like, who's Giles? <laughs> um, doors, where are they and why are there so many? Uh, I've just had a difficult time getting into buildings here because there's so many doors and none of them are open. Oh, they, never, they don't open, you know? Um, and also 22 degrees Celsius is 71 degrees Fahrenheit. That was just a little math I did. I was proud of it. Um, and my last question was, um, why do we drive on opposite sides of the street? And someone told us this, and I like retain yes. information, but I'm not as smart as Jenny, who retains it and like understands well. it. So she'll explain to you if you don't know. You know already, but... No, they don't all know. Mm, well, it has to do See? with swords, doesn't it? You want to approach on your sword hand side. Mm-hmm. And then the whole deal uh, was that uh, Napoleon was left-handed. Right. Um, and so uh, France. Uh, You're doing great so far. Thank you. <laughs> so France. And so France, of course, uh, did it on the other side. Because yeah, when you're, uh, I don't know, whatever, Napole what you would call Napoleon. An emperor. That's one way to say it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, overlord or something. <laughs> it's all very confusing for us. We have a different system. Yeah. Um, wow, nice one, Jenny. Thank you. Good so, dig. <laughs> so, uh, so he had, every, had, had everything swapped over to the other side, and America sided with uh, the French in some important thing. Uh, wow, you're doing exactly what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps not. And so now you're and driving now on the other are. side of the street. Desperately trying to not feel like we're about to crash every time we get in a vehicle. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now that we've told you that sexy story about swords, <laughs> Dave, will you kindly play the jingle that says Sexual Tension Award? Sexual Tension Award! Yeah, so this... 
This is the part of the podcast where we traditionally list off four potential pairings for you to vote uh, on who had the most tense sexual activity or or lack thereof or lack thereof or um just you know impending mm. um (laughs) sexual attention award colon for best impending mm. yeah you get it (laughs) so okay so usually um you know it'll be like oh band candy giles and joyce whatever you know and then you can vote yes uh, on our twitter Uh, we'll post a poll uh we're at buffering cast and you can vote in this beautiful democracy that we've created around uh, theoretical sexual tension and mm-hmm. real sexual tension um, <laughs> in uh, every episode of the show. So today's nominees have a very specific thing in common. Mm-hmm. And I'm why, gonna... don't we, why don't we stagger them? Oh, yes, let's. <clears throat> okay, so first nominee for this episode, Sexual Tension Award pairing is... Buffy and Faith, of course. Of course. Well, how could it not be? Um, The second nominee uh, for the Sexual Attention Award is um, Buffy and Faith. Nice. (laughs) Really nice. Okay, and then who do we have third? Uh, This this one comes first. Oh, yes, of course. It's um, the third nominee is Buffy and Faith. Um, And just to make sure that this is fair, um, the fourth nominee is Buffy and Faith. Jenny has added a little flavor to these. Um, would you like to discuss some of the nuance that goes into each category? Sure. Uh, the first nominee pairing is nominated specifically for Are You Ever Gonna Take This Thing Out? <laughs> yeah. Um, the second is um, for Everything Is All Wet. Sure, sure. The third pairing was, of course, uh, for the college beef stick jealousy incident. Uh, and the fourth one is the sporting goods nostalgia, you know, that old want, take, have. Yes, yes, yes. So please, please cast your vote. We'll be posting the poll online just after this episode goes up. Make your voice heard. It's very important. This is going to be a tight race, I know. Yeah. But uh, we'll just see who lands on top. Yeah, we'll get their addresses. In the meanwhile, oh, Jenny. Wow, thank you all so much for being here Please, as uh, thank part you. of this joyous occasion. Um, we have, again, had the best time. We love you. Uh, and I think that's all we need to say. Do we need to say anything? Well, traditionally, at the end of the episode, we say until next time, and then we howl. Right. Would, you like, would you be willing to howl with us? I also want to let you all know that if you're here in London with us, we have Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy shirts that are still available down in the autograph room. Um, so they'll be down there after this and also when we're doing some signings at 4 o'clock. Um, and now... Beautiful. Beautiful. And now, till next time. Uh, It's like, oh, no one else could 
Yes, it's true. No one else could ever really know me. Ooh, in the way that only you could know me. Ooh, bad girls do the things they have to to survive. And I'm feeling five by Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.